Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Thank you. Awesome. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is the God of the generations. Amen. Amen. It's awesome to see what he is doing in our midst here at Newport Church and in the families connected to Newport Church. Um, It's good to to see what godly generations look like. You know, uh, there's times when people share their testimony and they share where they come from and and I don't, I, you know, part, part of the testimony that I've been privileged to have is that, you know, I, I had godly grandparents and godly parents. And, and you know, sometimes uh, when you grow up with godly parents and grow up with godly grandparents, you don't think you have much of a testimony because maybe you didn't come, you know, from a background of drinking and drugs and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, but it really is a testimony of the Lord. For generations, you know, the Bible talks about the sins of the fathers being visited on the on the children for the third, you know, to the third, fourth, and fifth generation. But yet, the blessing of the Lord that's for a thousand generations, Amen. And I believe that that there is a blessing of the Lord on families and on uh, lives because of God's promises over generations, Amen. And so we just receive that in Jesus' name, the blessing of the Lord, the download of the promises of God over the families of Newport. Father, the promises that you have pledged for generations in the past, God, and and had vision and dreams for each person and each person's family line. God, we thank you, Lord, that we can stand in a long line of those who serve you. Lord, and even if, if we have parents that have not served you or grandparents that have not served you, Lord, we, we know, Lord, that there is the promises of God that was in your heart when you dreamed of our families and you dreamed of our, our family line and our lineage in Jesus' name. And so, God, we say yes and amen to that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Good to be back here. My name is Merle Shank, uh, lead pastor here at Newport Church. For those of you who don't know who I am. Um, and I was out traveling a little bit. I was in South Africa, so I bring you greetings from the sister churches of Dove International in South Africa. Do I need to move this a little bit so we got less wind from my voice? All right. So I bring greetings from uh, the sister churches in Dove, South Africa, and uh, it was good to spend some time there. It's been over two years since I was there, and it's good to see what God is doing uh, for them and how he has sustained them. And it was also good just to really be able to be there to encourage them as well, encourage those leaders. We spent some time uh, together and was able to pray with them and then uh, traveled to Kenya where a lot of young leaders from four or five different nations were gathered together from Mozambique, from Zambia, from uh, Uganda, and got to spend time with them uh, and just kind of know who are the up-and-coming leaders and, and some of the young leaders from, from the nations surrounding there in Kenya. And got to spend a lot of time uh, just pouring in and, and hearing their stories and praying together with them and seeing what they're up to. And, and I just, I have to tell you, like, I was super encouraged. 
I was super encouraged because of what uh, I see, the, like the high quality of individuals. You know, uh, Philip Mugabe uh, is Ephraim Timasumi's, uh, the person who was taken over from Ephraim Timasumi in Kampala, in the Dove Kampala Church in the main capital of Uganda there. Just, you know, stellar stellar individuals and Jose and Camilla from Mozambique like they're just incredible uh, Jose was actually here a few months ago for those of you who got to meet him got to meet his family his, his children and his wife and they're just you know going for God and seeing God move like right now uh, they they just done a crusade and they were like the miracles that we talk about you know in the Bible like it, it was happening right there like at the there was there was Blind eyes getting open. There was deaf ears being healed. Like, and I'm like, yes, God, more of that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And so I got to see Simon and Virginia there. Uh, had a good discussion with some of our frontline missionaries uh, who are from Africa but going to different places in Africa. Uh, uh, one of the couples there that we had actually raised money for uh, goats with the children, uh, the VBS this morning, we, uh, this summer, not this morning, this summer, we raised money uh, for goats to help them be able to, to change their communities. And they're, they're living in uh, pretty, interest, uh, pretty difficult uh, communities where the religion of that community is not open to Christianity, not open to the gospel. And, and he, he was like, Merle, you know, he said, you know, I was, I was talking to a guy and... Um, he said, I really, I really feel like we, we need to make a Christian cemetery in that area. I'm like, really, why? He's like, well, number one, because it, it's just kind of a reminder to all of us who are working there that, like, it might cost our life to be here. And we are making provision for that. It's okay. And then he said, and the other part is that a young man came to me who was working, uh, who, who I've been working with, and he says, you know, if, if you die... Your people are going to come here, and they'll take your body, and they'll bury it. Like, you're going to be okay. He said, if I convert to Christianity, my family and my friends, they're going to throw my body out in the dung heap. What happens to me? What happens, you know, for me? I said, you know, and, and so he says, you know, I think we need to actually create a, a Christian cemetery here just for people to know that, like, they will be taken care of. You know, their families will be taken care of. And so, you know, just a totally different way of thinking, right? Uh, then then I, I bet you didn't think about that this week, you know? <laughs> you know? Um, and so just really high-quality individuals and just super encouraged uh, to spend time with them and their passion, their commitment for the Lord, their love for the Lord, and, and getting to pour into them. So thank you for releasing me. Uh, to be able to do those things and travel and see and encourage leaders from around the world. And so I pray for an impartation for you as well and for this congregation for these things as well. Amen. So, Father, we receive the promises that you have over the Dove International family in the nations. God, we receive that here in Newport Church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm, that was good. That was, yeah. I mean, I'm not like amening my own preaching, right? It's like, <laughs> but I feel like there was, you know, <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was some weight on that. Like there was, there was some good things from the Lord on that. You know, uh, <laughs> one of my friends 
said, I saw you liked your own message on Facebook. That's like high-fiving yourself, you know? Like, <laughs> anyway, like, yeah, good, good preaching, bro. No, it's good. All right. Uh, this, this message that I have for us this morning is you are invited. You are invited. I want to talk about the invitations of the Lord this morning uh, here as, as we get into it. You know, uh, I grew up in, in uh, for those of you who don't know me, I grew up in this area. But uh, for the majority of my life growing up, there were two Christian radio stations. There were two Christian radio stations. And like I moved away. And when I came back to the area where I grew up, I just kind of like had the presets in all, all of our vehicles, all the radios in our vehicles, right? The, pre, the presets in the radios. And it wasn't until I actually wound up getting a new vehicle and took it to a garage to get it checked out. That was not the normal garage that I took it to. Like it was in a different area. So I had to drive a little bit. It was a little bit different area. And I started playing with the radio. I was like, I wonder, I wonder what else is happening, you know, in the radio world. And and, and to my shock, amazement, and surprise, there were now five Christian radio stations. And I was like, oh my goodness. And one of them plays worship music almost all the time. Right? And I'm like, this is awesome. And then I'm like, who never told me? Like, the audacity. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so there, there was this place, you know, where... Um, I had just kind of gone with the, the, the presets in my radio that I had always had since childhood. You know, the presets and just kind of like living, living to the same kind of tunes all the time. And, and um, sometimes we can live our life by certain presets that we have, that we have from childhood. Things that are just kind of automatic, bump. We can live our lives kind of with the same presets. Maybe it's a certain way of thinking that was given to us by authority figures in our home environment. Maybe, maybe uh, it can be the opinions overheard in university or overheard in college. Like, man, somebody says something that's really like forceful and you, and you kind of just adopt it. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. And pretty soon, like that's your kind of preset when it comes to hearing about different things. And sometimes it's just... Uh, you know, the opinions that we overhear from other people or uh, negative situations or positive situations that we walk through kind of form presets in our life. And, and sometimes you can hear them. And, and, and I know that uh, you know, I've heard sometimes it's interesting to, to throw out something that like God has done. And then you hear different people's responses to it. And you're like, oh, I hear your preset. Like, so like uh, I took my daughter out to Northern California to a ministry school out there. And she was talking, uh, she just uh, let us know the other day, she, she said, Dad, you remember that, that girl that was super nice, and she helped us move my stuff into the dorm, and we had gotten her moved in and met one of her roommates, and she had um, really thick glasses on. And, and I, this is not to make fun of glasses, okay, but like, these were thick glasses, like you could see into the future. <laughs> uh, like, and... And she said, you remember her? I was like, yeah, yeah, I remember her. And, and she said, you know, in one of the worship times, it was just like, I don't know, the second or third day in. She's like, one of the worship times, one of the, one of the ministers stood up and was just like, we, I, I just pray for sight, spiritual sight, that the eyes of your heart would be open. 
And she said nobody prayed for her specifically, but all of a sudden she got healed. Like last week or just three days ago, four days ago. Like just, boom, from glasses that she had had to wear since she was months old. And she, she uh, Ari, for, uh, my oldest daughter, was like, she's going around. Like, she can't even put them on anymore. They, they hurt her eyes. She's going around reading the small print on stuff, reading, like, the small print everywhere. Like, this is awesome. This is amazing, right? And so, like, sometimes when you hear things like that that God does, all of a sudden it kind of, like, gives you a reality check. Like, oh, this is possible, this is outside my presets. This is outside of what I normally hear, what I normally expect. And, and so you know, there's things that God does sometimes that moves us outside of our presets. And, you know, um, that, that trip, uh, we, we took, uh, I just drove, when you put it in the GPS, it says uh, direct driving is like 40 hours, right? So to get to Northern California. So I drove my daughter out there and we took, we did it in, in uh, 10 hour chunks about, you know, relatively averaged it out over four days and got out there. And my oldest daughter, she had never really uh, learned to drive on cruise control because she wasn't doing a lot of highway driving when she was around home. And, but we got a lot of experience driving cruise control and I taught her how to like drive the cruise control right now in, in the car that we were in, it had like this little stick on the, on the steering wheel, right? And like, you know, you have the resume and speed up and accelerate and decelerate. And, and I taught her all the fine arts of like, you know, driving without your feet. You know, you just like anticipate what's coming ahead and you can accelerate, decelerate, just kind of, and the goal is to like, not stop the cruise control, right? Like, like, like you got, you just keep it running, keep it going, right? Like not stop the cruise control, not, not have to put your foot on the brake. And then somebody, of course, like inevitably pulls in front of you, you got to put your foot on the brake. Ah, I had such a good streak going, you know? <laughs> like, and so we had a lot of opportunity to, to, to get her used to cruise control. And then like, I, I noticed that like even around town there, she started using it. I'm like, this is not the place for cruise control. Like, like you are gonna have to put your foot on the brake in a hundred meters, a hundred yards, like it's gonna happen. Anyway, but it was, it was all good, you know, but there was times, uh, two different times as we were driving out through, uh, you know how if you've ever, you know, driven out west or whatever, like eventually like you get to this place where the sky just seems a lot bigger than it does around here, right? It's just big sky and, and we were driving at night, it was dark and, and uh, my oldest daughter was like, man, dad, like look at the stars. And I was like, you know, we need to make some memories on this trip. I mean, it's a deadline. We're trying to get there for registration and all that. But like two different times we pulled over, like when, it, when there was not a lot of light pollution, just pulled, ov pulled over, got off the exit, went and just stood outside and just observed the, the glory of God's creation in the Milky Way when there was no light pollution, right? And uh, as, you know, we, we had done that two different times, and it was really uh, amazing, uh, good, good dad memories, right? Like, but, um, you know, I thought, I thought about this, you know, like if, if, uh, if I would have just kept going in cruise control, we would have missed that. And sometimes we can live our lives in cruise control, where we wind up expending a lot of energy and just trying to keep things humming. Just kind of keep things humming along. 
And we're putting almost as much mental energy, sometimes even more mental energy, in keeping the cruise control going than it would take to actually just put your foot on the brake or on the throttle, right? Like, and sometimes I think in our life, we, we can kind of do the same thing, where we wind up just trying to keep things going. And then God allows something. God allows an interruption. And where you got to kind of pull over, you got to kind of get out of cruise control. You're required to get out of cruise control. And some of us, you know, that's, that's what was happening for the last couple of years. And, you know, something happens in your life and all of a sudden it's not, it's not about cruise control. We like, we, I, I don't know about you, but like, I love to put, I'm just re- really revealing how much of a lazy driver I am, I guess. But like, like, I, you know, I, I, the, I love like when I, my schedule's just in cruise control, right? Like all the things are happening and we just, okay, like we can just kind of check out of that and keep going. And, um, but yet the Lord allows sometimes interruptions to come into our lives and different things happen. All of a sudden we got to, we got to take stock. We got to, we got to pull, put the brakes on and take stock of our life. And I believe that there's actually, is it an interruption or is it an invitation? Because just like in that drive out there, there was an invitation to see the glory of God. We would have, we would have totally like driven past it. We would have totally missed it, right? If we hadn't taken time to pull over, to take some time to think and step, step outside and have a look at what God's doing. And there's things that you and I can miss when we're just committed to being in cruise control. And some people live their entire life in cruise control listening to the presets of things that they listen to from, from youth, from, from their, their young years. And yet I believe that there's an invitation from the Lord outside of presets and outside of cruise control in our life. And so we can wind up cruising along, listening to the presets, unaware of the opportunities and the invitations of God that we are passing by. And if we're not careful, it can cause us to miss out in the wonders that are available to us. The wonders that are available to us. And listen, I, mean, I am in no way saying that we shouldn't have like healthy habits and healthy routines in our lives. Like those things are important. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. But some people go through their whole life on cruise control and it causes us to miss out on the wonders that God has. It, it causes us to miss out on what he has for us. And so sometimes I think the interruptions that come into our lives are actually invitations of God to say, hey, hey, I have something here for you that you don't know about yet. I have something here for you that, that, that you are going to be amazed by if you just give it a little bit of time, if you just give it a little bit of emphasis, attention, and look into it. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39 says this. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. This was Jesus was there in, in Jerusalem. He was there at what was called the Feast of the Tabernacle, or sometimes tabernacles. Sometimes people call it the Feast of Booths or the, the, the Feast of Tents. Uh, the festival of tents, it's, it's all the same feast. And, and really what, what it was is that once a year, it was uh, one of the three 
religious pilgrimages that if you could, if you were financially and physically able to come on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, you were, you were supposed to come to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was filled at that time with people who had probably been there every year. Most people, you know, have probably gone there like every year, just over and over and over again. And Jesus stands up, and it's at the peak, at the, at the, uh, the climax of that feast, Jesus stands up and says, Listen, everyone who come, everyone who's thirsty, come, drink from me. And it's at that point. It, it was a time when uh, the, the children of Israel had to move out of their house. Every year, they would move out of their house and they would move into the tent, into a tabernacle, into a tent, in, in, as, as like a memory, as a testimony of God, what God did with the children of Israel in the 40 years in the wilderness when they were following the, the you know, pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. And so there was this whole time when the whole nation, there was this time when the whole nation just kind of got out of their cruise control, got out of everything and had to move into, now I know that today sometimes some of y'all do this for fun, <laughs> but like, you know, you, you go and get in a tent somewhere, but like that's, you know, personally not my speed, uh, but you know, uh, anyway, leave, leave that rabbit trail. Um, but the whole nation like got out of what they got out of their routine and they were required by God to get out of their routine move into a tent outside their house and as a part of taking taking part of the feasts of the Lord and the promises of God and i think sometimes so it's at this place that when when Jesus stands up in that place where everyone's required to break their routine he says listen and he throws out this incredible invitation Saying, anyone who's thirsty. So, I mean, this, this, he, he's speaking to the religiously faithful. Like the people who had come on pilgrimage, right? Like he's not talking to the people who didn't even bother to like get out of bed, you know. Like he's talking to the people who have come on pilgrimage. He's talking to the people who have come there probably, you know, year after year. They have a, a history of coming there. And, 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 and he stands up. He says, listen, if you're hungry for more, if you're thirsty for more, there is more. There is more for you. Anyone who thirsts, come to me and drink. Verse 38. He who believes in me, as scripture is said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. It was an invitation to the faithful, to those present fulfilling the requirements of the law, but who were thirsty for more. And Jesus stands up and he says, listen, you know, this is reminiscent to me of uh, the woman at the well in John chapter 4. When Jesus comes to Samaria, the Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. And we, for those of you who know the story, like, you know, there's this woman that was coming out to the well at a different time than the rest of the women would normally come and draw water. She was coming at a time that, uh, you know, we can look from her story and say, wow, she probably dealt with a lot of rejection. You know, so as Jesus is there by the well, essentially waiting for this woman to come, and she comes, and, and, and they, they start this dialogue. They start uh, this, this, and Jesus, in his dialogue, he starts to give her an invitation. He says, you know, if, if you knew who it was, you know, this woman probably thought like, oh, this is the worst pickup line ever, right? But like, if you knew who it was who was talking to you, you would ask him for living water, or you would ask him for water, and he would give you living water. 
and you would not like thirst anymore. And so she's like, you know, kind of banters back and forth with Jesus. Verse 13 of John chapter 4, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know, and they go, they go on, and, and she says, oh, you know, I, uh, there's, you're a Jew, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Samaritan. There's no dealings here, and, and so this is out of her routine. All of a sudden, God's, you know, there's an invitation in the interruption of what God's doing. And, he, and, you know, if you read on there, he says, go and call your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You've had five. And in those days, in that culture, she could not divorce, which only men could divorce their wives. So this means that she had been rejected five times by husbands, like married and then said, uh, there's something wrong with you. You're not good enough. Here's a letter of divorce. Five times. And so... In, and Jesus says, and the one you're with now isn't even your husband. So all of a sudden, like, she's like, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> you know, we worship here. You Jews worship in Jerusalem. Where is, and, and, and all of a sudden, as she starts to talk with Jesus and dialogue with Jesus, she's one of the very few where Jesus tells her point blank, I who speak to you am he. When she says that we know the Messiah will come and when he does, he will restore you. Jesus said, listen, listen, I who speak to you am he. Wow. Everyone else had to guess. <laughs> Figure it out by faith, you know. And then she goes and becomes the, power, the most powerful evangelist. All of a sudden, the message in her life changes from one of rejection, one of shame, to one, to a message of come and let, let me introduce you to the man who told me everything I've ever done. Let me introduce you to the man who is the Messiah, the Christ, the coming one. Maybe, maybe I, I, you know, I don't know, I, maybe you're listening online, maybe you're here in the room and, and you feel like you've dealt with a lot of rejection in your life. And maybe there's things that you've done that have caused others to reject you. Or maybe they've just simply rejected you on their own accord. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus does not reject you. Amen. Jesus does not reject you. Just like this woman at the well, Jesus wants to give you a new message. Not one of rejection, but one of his love. And he wants to give you the living water of, the whole, of his Holy Spirit that's going to flow out of you and change your life forever. This is Isaiah 55. I believe um, I, was, I was telling Sheree this morning, and just as I was preparing for this message, um, I, I really, I, I feel like we're actually heading into a season. I believe it's for Newport Church. I also believe it's for Dove International, but we're heading into a season, an Isaiah 55 season. And this is how Isaiah 55 starts out. Ho! <laughs> hey! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters! And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk 
without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear to me and come to me here and your soul shall live. You know your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You know that? And so, like, there's a promise of the Lord for your soul to live, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your spirit as well, to live, delight yourself in abundance, incline your ear to me, and come to me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. There is an invitation from God to those who are hungry and to those who are thirsty for more of him to come and to listen to him, to hear his word, to receive his word inside of our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit, the power and the grace and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to become a river of living water inside of our hearts, inside of our spirit, to flow out of us and infect and impact the world. Infect is not the right word. Impact the world. <laughs> Especially after the last two years. <laughs> All right? Listen, there is, a, there is a way of living in the world that can leave us empty, broken, and confused. And that's not God's will for your life. It's not God's will for your life. It's not God's will for my life. That we live broken, empty, and confused. And God says, come to me. Receive life from me. Come and learn from me. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30 says, Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, this type of rest and fulfillment only comes from God and from living our lives as he created us to live it. We can try and do it on our own way, but we wind up broken. We wind up in a place of, of challenges. And, you know, when, when, we're, when we are led in our life by our own ways and our own ways of thinking, we wind up in trouble with unintended consequences. I think a lot of times people wind up with unintended consequences in their life. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says it this way. He says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Later on in Isaiah 55, in verse 8 and 9, it says this. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. There is this place in God that we need to trust. We need to come to simplicity and trust and faith to say, God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And, and I don't have it all figured out, but I trust you. And I trust that if I continue to follow you and I, I set my heart to seek you and follow in, in my life in accordance to your word and to your ways, that you're going to bring me into a place of peace. You're going to bring me into a place of overcoming. It's not that you don't have challenges, fears, right? Everyone, come on. It's not that you don't have challenges, but you come to a place of overcoming 
challenges. It's not that you don't have Goliaths. It's that you have some five, five smooth stones and a slingshot, and you're really good with it, right? Like it's, it's the, the Lord equips you and empowers you and brings you to a place of overcoming in life as we follow him and as we stay connected to him. This is the type of rest. This is the promises of God. Jesus said on, in Matthew chapter 5 in his Sermon on Mount, he says, Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you shall be filled. You shall be filled. Do, do, you, do you hear the invitation of God over your life today? Do you hear the invitation of God over your season Maybe, maybe you would describe yourself as far from God today. Do you hear his invitation for you to draw close to him? James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's not that hard. It's going to take everything, but it's not that hard. It's, it's just full surrender. Maybe, maybe you're here and you say you were, you were once following the Lord wholeheartedly, but today you recognize that your heart has grown cold to the things of God. They're going to be just the cooling effect. Do you hear the invitation of God to follow him wholeheartedly again? The invitation of God to you. If you're here and you recognize that you've been following Jesus wholeheartedly, but, but you recognize a hunger for more, I believe that that's an invitation of the Lord for you as well. To receive from him. You know, Jesus was talking uh, in the book of Revelation, Jesus was talking to a bunch of believers, actually. He says this in, in Revelation chapter 2 or 3, verse 20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is standing, knocking at our heart's door. There's an invitation to let him in. There's an invitation to let him in. Let him have control. Let him have direction. Luke 14, Jesus tells a story about a man who's giving a great supper. You know, a great supper. And, and he tells his servant to go and, and everyone who is invited, tell them to come. And as they go, you know, the... Those who were invited, they just start to make excuses. Well, I, I, I bought some, some more cattle, some more yoke of oxen. I, I need to go and train. I bought some land. I need to go see. I just got married. I, I, can't, I can't be there. There's moments in God. There are moments in God where he extends invitations to us. I want to encourage you to be those who are going to show up at the party. Be those who are going to show up at the party that God wants to throw for our generation, for our region, for our family, for our area. Be those who are responsive to the invitations of the Lord. Don't be like those who make excuses. You can read through that, you know, the, the, so the, the master of the feast sends out the servant into the highways and byways, says, bring everybody who's lame, blind, those, those who are poor and those, those who need, just bring them in. And, and he says, master, I've already done all that. He says, go and compel them to come in. Compel them. I believe that there is an invitation today by God 
to give him your all. Either he is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. <laughs> Heard preachers say that before, right? There's an invitation to do life as he has created us to do life, to step into the promises, the fulfillment, to let him water our thirst and to receive from him. And the gospel is, is pretty clear. It's very simple. It's that God created each one of us. He's created the world, and he created in such a way that it all worked seamlessly together, worked beautifully together. And then Satan came and led a rebellion against God, and mankind was deceived and fell into Satan's rebellion. And because of that, separation was brought between God the Father, the, know, the one who knows who you are, the one who knows why you exist on the earth, the one who knows how you were called to live, how you were, what would fulfill you, what was gonna, is going to lead you into overcoming, what is going to empower you and strengthen you to live in life with him, the one who knows who you are and why you exist. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father was broken because of sin, because we followed in our own way. We followed the lies of Satan. And God says, I, I'm not going to leave it that way. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross, to take the punishment for my sin, for your sin, which is just the wrong stuff that we've done, to wash us clean. But we have to surrender our lives. And just like in the very beginning, when God ruled everything, we have to make him ruler again in our lives. We have to make him ruler again. And make him, we use this old testament term the lord the only time we use lord today in our world is when we say landlord everyone oh the person who owns the building right like it's not really i guess maybe in the uk they still use lords and ladies i don't know but uh you know one, one of the things that i heard probably my favorite story about queen elizabeth uh is that she when after hearing one of the preachers that ministers to her uh, preach about the second coming of Jesus. She told him, I, I, I so wish that Jesus would return in my lifetime. He said, why? Why do you wish that Jesus would return in your lifetime? She said, so that I could literally lay my crown at his feet. You know? Are you... Do you hear the invitation of the Lord to lay your life at his feet? To respond to him, to make him Lord, if you haven't already? Or if you have served him with your whole heart, is there a hunger for more? I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty for more. I am thirsty for more. Not as in like in a destitute way, but in a way of like God. Like you have promises for our generation, for our region, for our area. Lord, you've been, you've been speaking. You have promises that have been hanging, that have been not laying dormant. The word of God never lays dormant, but have been working. But, but God, I want, I, want, I want your word to have its full impact in our generation, in our area, in our lives. Lord, whatever can be done, let it be done. The promises that you've spoken. Amen. Can we stand together?
Worship team, you can come. If you're here and you recognize that, like, it's in a, in a few moments, we're going to have the worship team uh, lead us in a song. And you recognize that you are, number one, either far from God, whether you've ever been close or not, but you've never, you haven't surrendered your life and the way you live your life to him, to his idea, and he will empower you to do it. It's not that it's, uh, he leads us in that. But you recognize I haven't fully surrendered. I want to give the first invitation is to fully surrender your life. The second invitation is to fully surrender your life. The third invitation, if you followed the Lord wholeheartedly, is to fully surrender your life and let him water your heart. Let him water your soul. Amen? So in a moment, we're going to have the worship team lead us in a song. And I just want you to come forward and prayer ministers, you can come forward as well just to be ready to pray for, uh, for people. But if you, if you would like prayer, you're please welcome to go to the prayer ministers. But if you just want to take a moment alone with the Lord, just find a space on the carpet. There's nothing holy about the carpet. It's just a sign of you saying, I'm making a public commitment. I'm responding. You can respond in your heart, but, but there's a place where at some point you got to tell somebody. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. We have to be able to get to the point where we're open with our lives and the reality of our lives. Where we really are really matters. So that's the first, second, and third invitation to fully surrender again. Fully surrender for the first time or fully surrender again to the Lord to his invitation of, oh, everyone who thirsts, come and drink from me. So Jesus, we come to drink from you this morning. We come to drink from your well, to drink from the water of life. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you have more for each person here today. I felt like the Lord gave me some words of knowledge, so I'm just going to call them out. It's a bit of a risk here. I'm just going to call them out, and if this is you, please come and find me or, or come to one of the prayer ministers for prayer or come and find me. Um, but if there's somebody here who has burning in their legs, almost like nerve pain or like cactus needles, you know, uh, poking, like feels like that. If you have burning, like a burning sensation in your legs or, uh, or a problem with the thigh, um, I want to pray for you. I felt like the Lord gave me a picture of like flowery art with like dainty flowers. Um, and, and then a, a second picture like that. And so I, I, believe, I believe maybe this is describing somebody's life. So maybe you love that type of art or you love uh, that, you, you see that as representing you. And then I saw a picture of uh, like a menu board, but everything was wiped clean. Like there was no, there was a lot of options, but there was nothing filling in the options. And maybe you feel like you have no options left. Um, like a, the menu's blank, but there was, you know, space for that. 
And I feel like the Lord says to you that it's a storyboard. So I don't know if you need to write a book or write a, a film or something like that, but story, it's a storyboard. And I see a dry leaf like uh, when they drop in the fall. And I, so I don't know if it's, if, if it's a timing thing uh, where uh, there's a season or a time frame for you to start a story or start writing here in the fall. Or if that just represents the way, you know, the, the season that you feel like you're in your life. I f- there was another uh, word as well, another picture that I felt like the Lord gave me a well, as well of like a, a dancer, a ballet type dancer, someone who, who loves the, the ballet style. And then I saw, I saw um, this person in like black sweats or, or loose, not loose tights, but like those kind of pants and a blue top doing cartwheels. Like kind of outside of, of, of the dancing and, and I feel like the, if that's you, if that represents you in some way, I feel like the Lord says to you that um, I see you doing something with worship dance, with worship dance specifically. So if any, if that, any of that makes sense to, to anyone, you know, please uh, come and just uh, look me up here after the service. I want to pray for you. Um, but we're going to go into a time of just responding to the Lord, responding to his word, responding to his invitation this morning for your life. And I, I really believe that there's a real special place to just come and lay your life down afresh and anew before God today. And then also let him fill you, let him touch you, let him bring the rain and the water of his word, the rain and the water of his spirit and wash over you and fill you afresh again this morning. Amen. After that uh, time, then we're going to wind up uh, closing the service. And Nancy, we're going to pray. We're going to have a time of prayer uh, for Nancy Fritz. She's heading to Malawi, right? And going to be ministering there. So um, for those of you you who want to come and pray, we're going to send her and bless her and commission her out um, this Sunday morning uh, here at the end. But let's take this time to just get before the Lord and let the worship team lead us in a song of coming to the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.